This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Sneak, we are we're at the end, my friend. We are at the end of days. Championship week. Didn't think we would make it, honestly, but we've made it. And just like we do every year, the championship or champion will be crowned. And the Scum and Snake Show will go off into the ether for another year. Somehow, some way, it happens, but we will we'll get into that later. We'll do the whole breakdown on the finals. But first, Snake, we gotta do a nonsense minute. New year, new me coming up. Okay. Just a just a simple question. Mm-hmm. What what is something that you have? Not, I'm not even going to say a resolution for 2024. But what's a goal that you have next year? Goal next year is going to be to jump off more mountains, to swim more oceans, to track across more countryside and to see more life. That's about the perfect goal for you. Just going out, seeing more nature, some more mountains, majesty. Do you guys have a trip planned like a park trip or something? No, no, nothing. Not, Not yet. Huh? Not yet. What about you? What is your twenty twenty four ultimation goal? Mine's less fun. Less fun. More nerdy. I'm gonna read twenty four books next year. Twenty twenty four. Two books a month. Bing bang bada boom. That's my goal. Twenty four books. You think you're gonna read two books a month? No, but that's the goal. <laughs> that's the goal. Always have to. Set the lofty goals so that, or I'm always the opposite. My opposite, my thing is, I was just setting my stupid, freaking dumb business goals, and I'm always like setting them pretty low so that if I achieve them or if I do better, I'm like, hey, look at me. (laughs) You gotta aim for the stars because if you fall short, you'll still land on the moon or or something like that. Is that the uh, is that the the saying the go to life motto? I guess. No, I just came up with that actually. You know what? How about this? How about my <laughs> my goal for twenty twenty four is to make the Dy- LV Dynasty fantasy football. Wait, did you do our intro? I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is, what, what else do you expect? This on is a great week? start. This is the most ultimate dead. The dead week of the year is this week. And what do you expect me to not know what's going on? I'm over here sitting there saying, I'm like, did I hear him say it? Anyway, the make the fantasy football playoffs in Dynasty next year should be all of our goals, really. You know what? That is my goal, too. You're right. Forget the reading. Forget reading. Forget traversing the countryside. We're just, it's all, if your goal isn't to make the fantasy football playoffs, then your goals are stupid. That is true. Let's talk about some of the people that did succeed in that goal this year and review the semifinals real quick. 
Uh, man, we were we were wrong in our predictions, huh? <laughs> we'll we'll start with Ben versus Brandon, and man, what a what a route that turned into, off the back of just a monster Amari Cooper game. So uh, not much Ben can do against that one. So I guess that's you know kind of helps him reconcile that, but the score wasn't that great anyway. So even if Amari had a normal game, I think Ben was still. Losing, unfortunately. Yeah, that's the ultimate, what we just talked about. Shoot for the stars and, and land on the moon. <laughs> we were really shooting for the most um, unrealistic outcome to this season of uh, Benjamin 08 making the championship after the run that he had. But um, it was very much not happening yeah, Amari buzzsaw, Brees Hall buzzsaw. That really does it. They between them, they scored ninety-five between two guys, and Ben scored one thirteen, his whole team. So not not a lot to be done there. But oh wait, you did a good job. You made it to the semis. Um yeah, something to be better than better than a lot of us can say for our That's lives. True. true. Better than about eight of us at least. <laughs> and then Big T put up put up a good fight against Wade, only lost by twelve, which you know that's not much at all in in fantasy scoring. A couple touchdowns here or there. He really got hurt by Jordan Addison, um, just putting up a dud right there in the semifinals. And I think that that swings it. That could have been the difference. So T went all in. Had some injury woes, but put up a good fight against Wade, the reigning champion. And you know what? Even even more so, again, he should be proud of his efforts. Again, getting to the semifinals, turning it around for being a lottery team last year. Uh, a lot a lot to look back on and, and be satisfied with their big T. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to give yourself massive uh pat on the back only losing to Wade by 12 is probably one of the the better losses or wins or one of the whatever you want to call it for Wade this year um, his opponents are usually getting pretty well crushed so yeah it could have easily been teased um, time <laughs> if he would have uh, pulled that one out and again we were all hoping that was the case because this league thrives when underdogs inexplicably win and but as we have been teasing all along wade and brandon in the finals which was probably always going to be the outcome but as we do at the scum and sneak show we uh try to put things into the universe that may change the course of history but not not this year yeah boo on that honestly and as I'm um, kind of crafting, or as we're talking about this, I'm kind of crafting this new theory. Is there a Devontae curse? Because uh, Eric traded for him. His season absolutely derailed. Tyler traded for him right at the end of the season. And Devontae ended up being most of the, or, excuse me, equal part of the reason why he lost, only having one point, one catch for four yards. So, 
Um, should is Devonte a major stay away moving forward? Is he a poison pill? Because that's what that's what I'm trying to um, solidify now as my as my stance. Is that crazy? I love it. No, it's not because if you especially if you subscribe to the um, dark arts and yeah, yeah, believe uh-huh. that there are forces abounding that uh, cause such evil and malice in this world, then uh, definitely stay away from Devonte, and probably just stay away from him if he's going to be on the Raiders or if he's not going to have a quarterback or if he's whatever, because I mean, again, crazy to think that uh, in the semifinals, the team that has Devonte has no points from him, but I love the theory. Um, he is a, at this point, the theory is more, it's almost the reality. I mean, I believe it. You've made it happen. You've got some magic on your side. If you're going to want to win, don't know if that's, you want him anywhere near your team. I think that's, we're going to have to solidify that. Put that in the scum and sneak spell book. <laughs> oh, are we making a spell book next? We have, we have that a might- spell book. We just do. running spells. Yeah. Yeah. Just running. And yeah, you're right. You're right. It's just running total spells into the world for the past four years. They're just swirling around. Who knows where they have landed or where they're going to land because they're just out there now. That's right. Sorry, Watch world. <laughs> um, before we get into the final finals, what do we call them? The final matchup. The the last game, anyway, championship. Any other takeaways you have from, I guess, the season overall? I think you touched on it already. Brandon and Wade seemed like probably the best two teams from the jump. They were at the top of the power ranks for most of the year, and here we are. They're in the in the championship. So, has not been the case in previous years. You know, we've seen more upsets, more six seed types make a run. But, um, you know, for all of our talk about parity, we had a pretty chalky playoff. So anything to add to that? Or uh, is it just a little bit more um, injury? They they did not have injury problems like some of the other teams did. What's our, I guess, again, further takeaways season as a whole? I mean, I would say that's that's kind of it. I mean, I I think if I were to sum everything up going into the final, final game, the championship, is that as much as there's jostling and moving and teams making runs and looking better than expected and then falling off midseason or whatever it may be, um, like you said, Brendan and Wade, Wade and Brendan, 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 whatever y'all want to say out there is – they were the top dogs from the, the start. They didn't have really any injuries. They didn't really have any major issues. And here they are standing. Uh, I think it just is a lesson that, you know, much as we want it to not be, that's just how it is. The world will always come back to the top, the cream of the crop, the big timers. And, I've been saying it a lot is this way. I think Wade's team, Brandon's team, they're just very masterfully created. And 
that's that's kind of my biggest takeaway from it right now. And I do like the parity we've seen. I do like that we've had whatever it was four new playoff teams this year as last year, and we want to see six new playoff teams next year. We want to always see a nice turnover. We want to always see teams that had bad years have better years. And But I do believe, like I said, that we're going to see where I don't see why Brendan and Wade won't be very, very good again next year. That's for a different episode. But, yeah, I mean, we've kind of summarized the whole year throughout each and every episode. But here we are at the end of it. It just tells me that. The best teams finish at the top. The the best managers know what to do, and we're going to give them credit while credit is due. I mean, that was, a, that was a little little heavy there on praise. I don't know if they're the best managers. Come on. <laughs> they've done the best job this year. There, let's clarify. Yeah. Yeah, they've done the best job this year in this very specific scenario. Yes. Oops, dying. Sorry. Oh boy. Um, well, let's take a break here. Um, and then we'll get in to the finale. Oh boy. Exciting. Kind of. Can't oh wait. I remember hearing phrases like ADPs, yards per carry, touchdown to interception ratios, and fantasy points per game. These were all gibberish and made no sense to me. But then I listened to the scum and sneak show. Their knowledge and skills are unmatched. Thanks, Scum. Thanks, Sneak. I now have what it takes to win my fantasy football league. The best fantasy football podcast on this side of the Mississippi. Bean. Brendan. The Do-Nothing Commish. The shadow of the Dark Lord had seemed diminished in recent years. With no championship appearances since he won his one and only title. However, with his precious CMC, Brendan's powers have returned. And he finds himself one battle away from ruling over the LV Dynasty League once again. The trade he made to acquire Christian McCaffrey those years ago cost him and the entire league the full pot of money at the time. But it may finally be paying off as he's bided his time and crafted a new contender. Through many curses, jinxes, hexes, and all, Brendan has persevered and even defeated destiny itself to reach the championship game. But his greatest challenge lies ahead of him. He faces an opponent that he knows all too well and one that he cannot even hate. For Brendan must battle against the greatest challenge of all himself. Gus T.T. Showbiz. Gee, butter snaps. 
Brandon? The old wily coot has done it again, and Wade has fantasy glory in his sights. Will he join the glorious group of back-to-back winners? Or will he fall victim to the recent trend of failed attempts? The past two repeat attempts have faltered. Wade himself stopping one. But can he avoid that fate on his end? Wade's hallmark has been smart drafting and rare, but albeit monumental trading. A boring strategy, but one that may be the wisest of all, as his team is built for this repeat, and as certain podcast hosts have claimed, potentially built for a three-peat and beyond. Boring and old, like every other monarchy before him, and we may soon have to crown Wade, king after all. He'll just have to shyst Brandon one more time. Goosebumps, as always, Sneak, with our intros. I, I We've touched on it a lot already. We have the two top teams, the two best teams in the final, and no surprises. Uh, I guess let's just go with their, their matchups down the line and talk about who we think is going to win at the end. Okay. That's how, I, that's how we have to do it right now. That's what we have to do. Uh, we have to give... We have to give it our all to see who is going to be the winner. I already know who who it's going to be, though. All right, let's see. We'll start at the quarterbacks. We've got uh, Patrick Mahomes on Brandon's end versus Josh Allen. Uh, the Chiefs play the Bengals, which apparently the Chiefs and Bengals play every year in the fantasy like championship game. That, that like that's happened uh, very much in the past couple of years. Okay. Um, Josh Allen versus the Patriots, or does Wade look at Hurts versus the Cardinals? He might switch Ooh. that out. I, I mean, there was a, there is a definitely a chance that Wade goes with Hurts here. I just, in my opinion, whoever he goes with, he's got the matchup. He's got the better matchup quarterback wise. Unless, I mean, I don't want to say it, but I mean, you got to say because it it's Mahomes. But Mahomes just hasn't had a good year. And if he's going to have a good year or a good game, it better be this game. You better put it all together after the loss over Christmas against the Raiders and just like not playing well. So right now I'm giving the edge to Wade, no matter who he plays at quarterback. But I think one thing that Brendan has on his side is that like Mahomes has to have like a stellar game. So if this is the game for him to have freaking 300, 400 yards and three touchdowns or whatever it may be, like this is the game he's got to do it in. Yeah, it's, the last like great Mahomes game. I mean, four hundred yards, four touchdowns against the Chargers, of course, back in Week Seven. But everything else is one or two touchdowns. Um, he's only sniffed three hundred yards. He's only top three hundred yards once since then. So pretty pedestrian for for him specifically after starting off the year really good. So 
Yeah, I, I think if I was Wade, I would go Hurts against the Cardinals, just a softer matchup. But around this time of year, you do kind of run into that, like, all right, if if either of those quarterbacks, or I'm sorry, if, if Hurts, if they go up big against the Cardinals, which they could very well happen, do they pull him? I mean, um, I haven't really seen it much in blocks this year, but, you know, you don't want to risk that. The Bills, less so probably just because they're still fighting. So I don't know. But like you said, both he's had this advantage all year over everyone. He can play either quarterback and it's going to most weeks be better than his opponent. So Wade is, is pretty much set there. Uh, running backs, Kamara and Barkley on Wade's side versus Swift and McCaffrey on Brandon's side. I mean, because of McCaffrey, you have to give the running back edge to Brandon, right? You do. McCaffrey and Swift's got a great matchup, like you just said, against Arizona. So uh, even though I like what Wade has done with his running backs, Kamara being the paths and sometimes the potential to not having, you know, if he's not, he's not necessarily scoring a lot of touchdowns. So if he's not getting like 10 catches a game right now, like, and that Saints offense being like, not very that good or whatever kind of being weird and the giants being not good either. And Saquon just not really being able to be too efficient. The running back uh, edge definitely goes to, to Brendan there with the potential to both of those running backs, putting up big scores and at least McCaffrey putting up a big score. Even we just saw it. He puts up big numbers regardless of the loss or how the team is playing. He just, that whole offense runs through him. And so, yeah, uh, Edge or, or uh, I can't, whatever, pot, whatever. Advantage. I don't know why I can't think of words right now. <laughs> Advantage, Brandon. For Advantage, there you go. Advantage. The thing with Saquon and Alvin Kamara is, like, they're going to get the work on those teams, you know. Uh, I just looked at it. Last week was the first week in the past five that Kamara had less than 10 carries. So he was, like, 15, 16, um, leading up to that. And, you know, both those guys are involved in the passing game, as you said. So baseline is there. You're not going to get much of a dud from either of them. Um, so Wade probably feels good about that. But yeah, McCaffrey is, is the best fantasy asset right now. Um, basically a lock for a touchdown every week, which is kind of insane. And, and like Kamara and Barkley, he's going to get all the work. You know, Swift of those four that we talked about, he's the one less so. Like they're going to use Kenny Gainwell, they're going to use Hertz on the goal line. So, Swift yeah, is less that's the a good point. But... They're going to use Hertz on the goal line a lot. So unless Swift can get like a five-yard touchdown, if they're down there, then he's probably yeah. That's a good point. It's a good point. But yeah, still the advantage goes to Brandon because of yeah. McCaffrey being better than all three of those running backs and probably all three of them combined. So yeah, and even with like the lack of goal line usage swift has been pretty good on the year so um he'll he'll get enough he just like i said like we said it's probably brandon has the first and fourth best running backs of that group wade has the second and third but mccaffrey is just you know too much of a of a guarantee so um edge there all right receivers wade has his double dolphin oh no no he doesn't never mind wade gets to go Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon 
is going Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, and Michael Pittman instead of Amari Cooper. So we'll talk about that one um, here in a bit, that decision. Uh, point out to reverse stack no matter what if Wade goes Hurts or Allen. So that'll be fun to watch AJ Brown. And that Stephon is a Diggs. good, re- that, that's a great reverse stack for a championship game, regardless of the quarterback going up against Diggs and AJ Brown. But let's let's talk about Wade's receivers first. CD, Tyreek, no. Guaranteed options, like top five easily. Um, that's where he's made a lot of his headway this year. That's where a lot of his huge games have come from. So I would leave giving him the advantage right off the bat for for them. Debo has had his ups and downs, like always, you know, huge games and then um he gets dinged up and doesn't get used as much. So he's going into this week currently questionable. Seems like he's going to play against the commanders, but is the, you know, should Wade be looking at maybe a, a Jalen Waddle? If I think Waddle's questionable too. So is he going to have to make a decision between Waddle and Debo? Does he just trust Debo who's gotten him here? Um, what do you think about Wade's receivers? Yeah, I think the answer to that question, he has to. I think he has to stick with Debo. That 49ers offense is too um, potent in all areas. Uh, and uh, yeah, like you said, Tyreek and CD, basically the top two receivers in the league, matchup proof, in my opinion. Uh, like you said, gotten him here, big games. Uh, so, I mean, just overall receiver edge goes to to wade kind of the same thing we did with brendan with cmc i just i mean tyreek and really cd in that matter are far and away better than every other receiver in the league at this point and Uh, aj brown and stefan diggs just weirdly just kind of like there's been a lot of weird things in fantasy football this year and the lv dynasty league don't put it together some weeks i mean diggs is Diggs only had like 20 or 30 yards the last couple weeks or something. It's been weird. Some yeah. stat like that. Diggs hasn't had 100 yards since week six. Oof. Um, hasn't been over – has only been over 50 yards once since week 10. So something something has been weird there for sure. Um, it's probably because the Bills like have such good – running offense these days and yeah allen like relying more on gabe davis and shakur and cook and whatever may be like he's not just force feeding it to Diggs. and i haven't seen a lot of media crap about Diggs being upset about it so i don't know what's going on there because Diggs is definitely definitely one of those receivers that gets mad about that (laughs) yeah you know maybe it's because of that maybe it's one of those cases where he's dealing with something like a little injury um Reflecting his play, and then also he knows it, but they're not trying to disclose it. Like we've we've heard of stories like that. Like he's had a foot thing that'll get addressed in the offseason, but he played through it all year. Um, I don't know, but definitely a, a point of concern for Brandon. But as it is currently, at least we've got a Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs reverse stack. So maybe again, if there is a big game from Josh Allen, it's going to be with a little more Stephon Diggs involved, and that's what Brandon's hoping for. Uh, but definitely a cause for concern. Absolutely. What about the the Pittman over Amari decision? What are your thoughts on that? Amari's coming off the huge game. He is dinged up, and it is a Thursday night game against the Jets. So I'm sure that's what Brandon's thinking. But yeah, that agreed. I think 
you, I just don't think you can play Amari. I don't think you should try to play out there in the fantasy world any Jets or I mean any Browns against the Jets this Thursday. The Jets have just proven to be a a great defense week in and week out, regardless of what their offense can do. I would not be wanting to play Amari and try to. I mean that game amazing got a lot of people, including Brandon, to the championship. But I would have no qualms about sitting Amari on Thursday against the Jets and putting Pittman in or whatever else he wants to try to get in there. I don't see him nearly having probably only going to have if at best he's going to have an extremely pedestrian game of a couple catches here and there. I, I even with the magic of this whole Flacco Browns thing, I just think the Jets are going to be able to shut that down very very easily so yeah good call on brandon to just be able to pivot away from that historical game that Amari just had yeah now it is i think it's the right call for sure the thing uh, and especially because if Pittman plays we know Pittman is so involved and is the clear number one on that team um he's gonna have the targets and probably the catch in the yardage to make you know make it feel good even if Amari does have a great game again. The thing that would I'd be scared of about Brandon is I, I make the choice to um, bench Amari, right? But say Pittman doesn't play, and then I have to go with like Deontay, or I guess that's it. Deontay's probably his only other option to play. Like that could be tough. Like even if Amari just has five for 50 Thursday night, right? Pittman doesn't play. Deontay comes out and puts up like another three point game like he did last week. You know, you just, I guess those, those those are the decisions you have to live with. And that's what makes it tough and crazy for fantasy. But that'd be where that'd be what I'd be going back and forth on if I was Brandon. Yeah. No, you don't want to get your because of not playing Amari. And then if Pittman doesn't play, that's a huge gamble to make, but it's, Sounds like Brendan is just ready to to live with whatever that decision yeah. comes to, and i I would probably be in that in that same boat. I think it's a good call to make. I just don't see you can be playing unless you're just willing to take the probable freaking ten targets and, like I said, the five for fifty. Or, I mean, I guess it's definitely possible that he gets a score and he has a good game. It's just. The Thursday we've talked about all your Thursday games are they suck they they are not fun to try to play and then yeah. you got championship on top of it and then you're just coming off an amazing game plus a little bit of a banged up injury it just there's a lot of negative ish factors involved in this play and I think it's the right move to bench him and then hope for Pittman or if you just and then he's just gonna have to be content with rolling into Deontay if Pittman doesn't play that's just yeah. It's the way to go, yeah, in my uh, opinion. I think I'd lean towards agreeing, but yeah, like, if it was me, I would just be flopping back and forth between that so much, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, let's move on to tight ends, and this would have been a closer thing. We would have had the tight end one and two on the year, Kelsey versus uh, T.J. Hawkinson, but unfortunately, Hawkinson tore. Well, they said ACL, MCL, so he's out. Um. Big blow to Wade for sure. He's rolling with Dalton Schultz right now, who's a good play behind him, especially with then maybe of CJ Stroud coming back this week. But I mean, I think in years past it would be like clear, massive advantage for Brandon with Travis Kelsey. This year, probably just like a smaller one because of how they've played 
recently, and you already kind of touched on that with Mahomes. So I don't know. Do you think it's more even than that, or still still advantage Kelsey? I think you could make a case, and I think I'm going to try to argue that it's more even than people think. Schultz is, I think he's the, you think he's a top five tight end, or you said he's, no, you're talking about Hawkinson. I think Schultz, though, is a top five tight end on the year. He's top Top five, top six, at least. And so, I mean, I think it's closer than people think. And I don't even think if Stroud doesn't play, I think Case Keenum, I think that's who's been quarterbacking the Texans. He's obviously looking Schultz's way for that security blanket. Yeah. So Schultz could actually have that like six to eight catches, 80 yard type game. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kelsey gets that or less. I, Kelsey's just not been good this year. He's obviously distracted. He's obviously lost a step being older. Mahomes, that whole offense just isn't what it is. So again, we meant, I mentioned it in the quarterback play with the struggles they've been having that lost the Raiders last week, if there's a get right game, or if there's a, like, I'm still Mahomes and Kelsey game going into the playoffs, here we are type of a scenario. Brandon's in that perfect boat to like, if they're not going to put it together here, like that comeback style game, where like Mahomes, just is going to force feed Kelsey. He's going to have 10 catches, 120 yards and touchdown type game. Then maybe that era is over. So Brandon's kind of hitting, in my opinion, that like, time perfectly where like he's expecting his players to at least these two to flip what they've been doing all year so i'll give the i'll give the advantage brendan kelsey on this but it's a it's extremely closer than i think a lot of people are going to realize yeah i mean also because that that texans offense doesn't have tank uh and it has a banged up nico to an extent so like they have to go to to schultz chiefs don't yeah you know, the Chiefs have been the least from trying to spread it around. You know, Ray has been coming on, and but Chiefs also have, uh, I don't, is Pacheco out and Jarek out? I don't know. Whatever's going to be the case. So like, they're also limited. So he's going to be like, well, Kelsey, you're probably going to get 12 targets. He's probably going to catch 10 of them. And Kelsey's going to have his 26 point game. And Brandon's going to be looking like, or at least being extremely happy. <laughs> well, it's interesting, though, about the Chiefs. And, you know, this just stands out from the Christmas game this past week is um, in, like, in the red zone. Um, normally that's, like, Kelsey's area, right? Like, that's why he's had, like, 10-plus touchdowns in the past. But uh, one one of the drives, I think actually the same drive, the target went to Noah Gray. And I, at first I thought it was Kelsey that dropped it, but it was Noah Gray instead. And the touchdown ended up being scored by Justin Watson. So it's, I don't know if it's game plan like on the opposing defense is to really key in on Kelsey in that area. Or if it's like Andy Reid kind of like saying they know we're going to do that. Kelsey maybe is, is missing or has lost a little bit of a step at age 34. So let's use him as a decoy somewhat and then target these other guys. So I, I do think that there is something at play overall there to contribute to his down year. Like we've, we talked about it for years. Um, because I traded away Kelsey, so I was like, well, the downfall has to come eventually. 34 might be the year that it actually has happened. I think that's yeah. the gist. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. Taylor Swift is a um, distraction, but probably more that he's just older and has played a lot of snaps and taken a lot of punishment in the playoffs. So, For sure. All right, we're getting, getting to the end here. 
We got our flex matchup, which I guess we could have just lumped in with the running backs, but Jonathan Taylor versus Brees Hall. Well, I don't like Brees. The same thing I said about the Amari against the Jets. I don't like Brees against the Browns, probably the number one, if not number two ranked rush defense or defense overall. So that doesn't bode well for Brees. A big game too, right? Like a lot of expectations, kind of like with what we were saying with Amari, right? Like, coming off of a huge game, 45 points, but if you're expecting that, I don't think it's going to happen after that much yeah. of an explosion. But uh, also in the same token, you could say, you know, Taylor was his first game back last week after, or was it last week or week before after yeah. missing basically like a month? So, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not thinking that, I don't, I mean, talent-wise, I guess you could probably, even-wise, talent-wise, young, you know, I don't know, Brees maybe a little bit higher because of the the top end speed, but like Taylor being a little bit more of a bigger back for goal lines. I don't know. I mean, I guess just like with the tight ends, I, I, and like I gave the slight edge Kelsey here. I'm just going to go, I'm going to call this, I'm going to pull a sneak. This is an even on the flex because of the factors that I mentioned. And I think I'm going to just go even here and make you pick the, whoever has the edge. <laughs> I think just matchup wise, Jonathan Taylor does have the edge. I mean, like you mentioned, first week back, he got 18 carries. Didn't hamper him. He scored a touchdown. You know, wasn't that efficient, but he was he's getting the main um he was getting the bulk of the work on the ground. He wasn't really involved in the passing game, but that's probably in relation to the thumb thing. You know, they don't want to put him in, in those scenarios where he's either gonna jam it, expose the hand a little more, you know, or just can't catch it because of that. So I think the carry four will be there. And I, I agree that the Browns matchup is tough for Brees. Um, like the the explosive play, I, I mean, I guess like the explosive plays are there no matter who you play against, but it's less likely against Cleveland. Again, Thursday night game. Uh, something tells me that that game overall is a trap. Now, we've said that before, and it's just been huge explosions of offense. So um, we'll see. But, I mean, he has to play Brees. Brandon does. I just give the edge to Taylor. I guess that's that's the question you asked me, and that's my answer. I love it. And then kickers, defense, whatever. Tyler Bass versus which one is the Myers kicker in? Yeah, Jackson, Jason, Jacoby. Anyway, Myers <laughs> versus Bass, probably even whatever. And then Bears defense against the Falcons. And then Brandon is playing the Browns versus the Jets. So, I, you know, that's tough. He's got, I think he's got to play the Browns again, one of the best defenses um, in the NFL and for fantasy this year. But, you know, if they do really well, Brees isn't going to do well. So that kind of sucks. Uh, Bears with, um, I guess, Falcons, that could be fine. Whatever. Uh Overall, we gave quarterback advantage to Wade. We gave running back advantage to Brandon. We gave receiver advantage to Wade. We gave tight end advantage slightly to Brandon. So all in all, it comes down to the flex, and we gave that advantage to Wade. So is that what you thought? Is that what your conclusion was going to be at the start? Is it going to be Wade as our repeat winner? 
that is going to be my call. I've been saying it that I expect a repeat, and I wouldn't be surprised if we are sniffing around a three-repeat next year. Wade's got the complete team. He's got the players that can actually go off, and he's got the players to make up for. Uh, the very, very high floor, very consistent team. Wade's going to be our championship two years in a row. All right, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Brandon, just so that we are on opposite sides, and because one, I do not want Wade to go back to back. I want that group to stay small, just me and Matt. So we don't need any more newcomers to the to the club, at least yet. And you know what? Mahomes, McCaffrey, Kelsey, they've been there before in Dynasty title games on my team. So they, they know what to do. <laughs> they, know the, they know how to get it done. They're going to show up. I think, you know, all in all, we we bashed Mahomes and Kelsey a little bit in the in the rundown, but I think they do have a good game this week. Against the Bengals, I know typically like the rivalry is Mahomes and Burrow, so that's not there, but I, I just do think it is going to be a little bit of a shootout. Um, I thought those games tend to go, and a lot of Mahomes and Kelsey, a lot of McCaffrey, obviously, and that'll be enough for Brandon. So, rocking with Brandon this week. Hey, sometimes we have to go on uh, opposite sides. Championship, why not? One of them's got to become victorious, and one, one of us will one be of us correct. Will be right. One of us will be right. Love it. I guess like, we talked about it a lot, but let's do one last edition of America's favorite segment. Come and shink at the Thursday night game wrong. Yes, we do. I think we got it right last week, though. I don't even remember what it was last week. Rams? Saints? Yep, Rams, Saints. I think we both picked the Rams. I don't know. I picked the Rams. Seems like, I know that much. It was like forever <laughs> ago. I, doesn't it? We've had so much time, space, and football since then. Um, this week, though, Jets at the Browns. Again, two good defenses going against each other. Um, I don't want to disparage Flacco. He's been he's been playing really well, but like not the greatest quarterback. So it's a recipe for a low scoring game. Um, but what is what is your uh, prediction. My prediction is going to be the Jets win. Wow. Twelve eight. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Browns. Um, I think Flacco does enough, and I also need to throw one thing, Joe. So uh, I think the Browns win twenty. To 13. The touchdown scored in this game will be Njoku, will be uh, Kareem Hunt, and on the Jets side, it will be uh, Garrett. Okay. So, sorry, Brandon. Sorry, no breeze. No breeze. And then there's the field, of course. So, well, we'll see. That That's a very important game for this matchup, mostly on Brandon's side, but. We'll kick us off to to get a good inkling, you know. If you know, Brandon, I guess Brandon's best case scenario is actually the Browns return a couple, like a, a fumble and, and a and a pick six. Mm-hmm. Breeze gets like twenty five carries and just has like you know fifteen points that way. Um, that would be his best case scenario. So, well, we'll see what he can get tonight. Um, but one last matchup for all of us, and then we're out until the next year. Oh. Sad, but also can't wait. I, I gotta 
we got to do some draft prep. Time to get ready for next year. Well, Shank, as always, thanks again. Uh, thanks to all of our listeners. We will see you in the new year with a new champion. Well, potentially a new champion. And just the same upcoming sneak greatness that you are accustomed to for one minute. Yep, either, either way, a champion will be here. And it's going to be a wild ride to leave us off into next year. So buckle up your butts and get ready for a championship run all around, whether it's the LV Dynasty League or your fantasy football leagues out in the world. This is the time we've all been waiting for. Buckle those butts. Bye. not envy you bro I, I was there for like a week and you've been there about six weeks <laughs>